Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that's prepared to go anywhere to get the best stories in the property world. And today we're going down to the pub, metaphorically sadly, but to the pub nevertheless, to look at the challenges and opportunities for the sector as we steadily emerge from lockdown. I think the one thing that we're very good at in hospitality is we're very adaptable, entrepreneurial and and pretty resilient. Something like 43% of the unemployment fell in our sector. So I think it just shows just how much support we need and how important it is that the sector gets back on its feet and up and running. We've had record numbers of inquiries since the commencement of the year and there are opportunities for people out there. I'm Guy Ruddle, and I think it's fair to say that we've got the licence trade covered with our guest today. We've got a pub chain owner, a hospitality financier, a specialist in licensing law, and of course, an expert in hospitality and leisure property. So let's meet them all. Let's start with Mark Robson, who's MD of Red Mist Leisure, which owns and operates 11 pubs across Surrey and Hampshire. Mark, thank you very much for being on Real Estate Insights. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Great stuff. So next, Steve Crosswell is Commercial Banking Director at Synergy Bank. He's been specialising in providing banking services to the hospitality and leisure sector for 18 years. Hello, Steve. Welcome to you. Hi, I'm to be part of this. Thank you. Lisa Gilligan is a partner at the law firm Freese, as well as specialising in licensing. She covers health and safety, trading and hygiene standards and things like food labelling. Lisa, uh, I hope we behave well and you'll tell us off if we don't, won't you? Most definitely. Good morning, everyone. (laughs) And finally, Colin Lambert is an associate director in Savile's licensed leisure team. He's been advising operators, banks, investors and the like for nearly 20 years. Thank you all very much for being here for this. I wish we were in a pub, but uh, we can't have everything at this stage and we should be grateful for small mercies. Let's get going then, because there's a lot to cover here, uh, both on the property side of things, but also on how the industry is coping now and what the future looks like. Colin, uh, perhaps with your Savills hat on, you could start with a sort of quick look back at how the pub sector's been for the last year or so in terms of, in terms of property. Absolutely. I would say overall, from a, a property perspective, it was it was very muted, the market. Um, we saw a reduction in the number of transactions. And I think everyone really just using that as an opportunity to, to take stock. I think the reduction in transactions we saw wasn't necessarily a lack of confidence in the sector. It was more those not needing to sell, not really seeing it as an opportune time to do so. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mark, you know, you, your business, you operate uh, 11 pubs. I mean, I mean, I know it's a bit of a simple question, but how have you coped with the, with the last year, year and a bit? Yeah, it's been it's been pretty challenging, as uh, you know, for, for us and everybody in the in the sector over the last uh, last 15 months or so. But I think the one thing that uh, we're very good at in hospitality is we're very uh, adaptable, entrepreneurial and, and a pretty resilient sector. Um, and, and I think actually when you when you reflect on the last year or so, you, you, you know, you look back at, at what's happened. We've seen some pretty amazing stories from the pub trade where people have supported communities and have, have launched you know different initiatives etc and actually it makes you makes you feel very proud to be part of the sector that we're in um and i think those who have weathered the storm and sadly there there obviously will be a few casualties along the way but i think those that have weathered the storm 
um, providing that the storm is nearly over and, and you know, we, we really hope it is, um, that then hopefully that they'll, they'll be in good shape and certainly they'll have proved that they have a, a strong, resilient business that is, that is capable of taking advantage of the, the opportunities that, that will undoubtedly come on the back of COVID. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been a difficult year, but, but, um, you know, we're we're firmly focused on the future rather than than on the past. Now, have you got all eleven of your pubs, assets, whatever you want to call them, sort of open for out, uh, outdoor business? Uh, we haven't. No, I mean one of those one of those properties we've fairly recently acquired, so that that hasn't opened. So we'll we'll just take that out of the mix. But of the of the remaining ten, we opened nine. Um, uh, two weeks ago today, uh, that morning that we all woke up with a with a smattering of snow everywhere, <laughs> um, one of those uh, hasn't got uh, any real outside area. So, um, right. yeah. like a lot of pubs up and down the country, that 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 there was no choice but to to keep that closed. And sadly, one. We had to shut two days after reopening because of um, uh, an outbreak of COVID amongst our our staff there. So um, that was a bit disappointing. But I'm pleased to say that following periods of isolation, that that reopened again at the weekend. Lisa, I get a sense from from listening to Mark of of just how complex and how difficult this whole process has been, including the reopening thing. Uh, it, from a from a sort of legal licensing point of view, has it? Have have you do you think people have generally generally found it hard to sort of be clear about what they can and can't do and how they need to operate? I think at times that has been a huge challenge. Um, you know, we hear that from clients, lots of calls, lots of emails, which is basically what can we do? Do we need food? Do we not need food? Do we sit outside? You know, can we be inside? Because obviously that's changed along the along the last twelve months. And then I think with relaxations that came from the government in terms of off sales, particularly being permitted for licensed premises that didn't originally have it on their license, whilst on the face of it, and, and indeed that is, that was a, a great um, and, a, and a positive and, a, and, and hugely helpful, um, you know, a great step forward. But I don't think the government's enthusiasm for um, pubs and licensed premises operating outside has always been met with the same um, response from licensing authorities and therefore enforcement and inspections and expectations of how you're going to operate on the ground have, have actually been very, very challenging to make sure you're balancing um, getting your business up and running, meeting all the licensing authorities' requirements and also for some people dealing with local residents who perhaps were not so keen to have larger external areas of pubs close to them up and running again so I, I do think adaptability has been crucial and you've we know we've seen it in in bucket loads from from our clients as they um you know as they look to really work out what can we do yeah. to make this you know to get ourselves up and running and make this work and steve is it as challenging a situation financially have, uh, how have you seen a lot of what mark was hinting at with some people of of, of you know, full-on financial hardship in the sector? Uh, well, I think Mark alluded to the fact that 13 months ago it was it was pretty hairy as, as this thing started to take hold and we realised it was a you know, very, very, very serious and potentially short to mid-term situation. So the important thing then was as lenders was to have a very open dialogue with your operators as customers and to understand, you know, 
impact, how deep the impact was going to be, and try and work on a plan forward based on what the assumptions were at that time. I think once that was done, I think operators were able then to get to grips with you know, the implications of things like furlough, what it meant to the various grants available, making sure you got what you were due to get kind of thing. And I think looking back, the, the summer 2020 piece, you know, July onwards was about three or four months was an absolute lifeline. I think after that now, the focus you see was on reviewing the business model and making sure the business was leaner. So a lot of housekeeping was done. And I think the operators I know and speak to certainly think they've got a much better and, and operationally smoother business model now uh, moving forward. I think everybody's, I think that the phrase I'm losing with people is, you know, we are looking forward now, not looking back. I think we, we have to kind of try and put a positive spin on it now. But I think essentially they, the, the operators were able to cope. And I think, say, the summer, summer 2020 was probably a lifeline in hindsight yeah. to enable that, those cash reserves to build up. We are coming out of this, fingers crossed, touch wood and, and everything else. Do, uh, one would imagine that that's going to to see more activity and, and more positivity and, m- and more deals being done and, and, and things like that. Is, is that your, your assumption? Absolutely. And I think from the start of this year, we've seen some momentum building back into the market in terms of transactions and deals. What we've seen is really with the onset of all the vaccines coming through to fruition, investors um, are going back to the fundamentals of the market, which are very strong for the sector. Um, We hadn't had the issues of the casual dining with oversupply, etc. Going forward, I think we're we're going to be looking at the pent up demand. I think these last couple of weeks, albeit we've been, had very favourable weather, um, apart from the very outset, and from operators we're speaking to, we've seen some some very good figures. Um, we're also seeing that consumers are sitting on uh, big piles of savings and are really from lockdown fatigue as much as anything else are looking to spend again. So what we're seeing um, from the market is we've had record numbers of inquiries since the last since the commencement of the year. And this has been from existing operators. It's been from uh, new entrants into the market. And it's also been from private equity and investors. So going forward, as long as touch word everything goes forward in a as we hope it does with a continued rollout of the vaccine that that actually there is some opportunity out there mark from from your point of view uh, do you do you agree with that do you recognize that are, are you sort of sort of slightly rubbing your hands and thinking here come the good times i wouldn't go quite that i'm probably far. being a bit uh, flippant <laughs> i apologize but, but you know what but, i mean yeah look i mean it's definitely I think we all feel very bruised um, from the last year. It's been, you know, it's been very challenging and, you know, it's put a lot of strain on on us, our management team, our our, our staff generally. So I I think the positivity that is now around both, you know, within the sector and in in the country generally is is very, very welcomed. Um, Yeah, looking forward, I think people do recognise that there are some opportunities out there. And uh, as Colin has alluded to, you know, we've seen a number of uh, investors suddenly flood towards the market to try and to try and take advantage of that. I think the the challenging thing for us now, well, the the two really challenging things are um, access to debt. um, And no doubt Steve Steve can can probably comment on that because we've we've seen that that is particularly challenging, especially for pubs that are closed or don't have any existing trade. And secondly is is the stock that's out there. There doesn't seem to be an awful lot of stock on the market at the moment, um, i.e. 
you know there aren't many pubs for sale and and that's that's possibly because people are you know are, are have the mindset of thinking now is not a great time to sell you know if i put my pub on the market to sell because i want to retire or move on and do something else uh, am i going to get a good a good price for it so I, I think there is that sort of conundrum that that's going on that's certainly certainly what we're seeing but we are we we do have real momentum we are looking forward and we are really keen to expand and, and grow our business at, at, at the current time which is which is good and there'll be many others like us up and down the country Steve. Would you lend Mark some money for heaven's sake? <laughs> I mean, I've always wanted to. I think the access to finance, yes, finance is there. Colin's spot on. There's a lot of outside of bank that is a lot of appetite and investor cash to, to enter or re-enter the market. So there is access to finance there. I think what we're having to do with lenders is, is just kind of realign how we assess things. So what you look at really is the historic performance, uh, and this all assumes you've got a good management team in place. Then you look at the forecasts. And then you work with management to kind of join the dots between what's happened before and what will happen in the future and just understanding just how long it's going to take to rebuild trade. Uh, I mean, we've got to be pretty uh, borrower friendly in terms of setting covenants at the right levels and at the right time to, to kick in, i.e. you don't do it in six months' time. You want to do it in kind of 12 to 18 months' time when, when the business can afford to do it. So, so yes, there is, there is appetite out there. Uh, it's, it's probably going to get slightly more relax now and then we've got a roadmap and things are moving forward but it has been very it has been tough in over the past 12 months with a constant stop start profile lisa do you think that the way that uh, licensing will operate uh, in the future with outside space or with flexibility or this or that do you think do you think there are sort of long-term changes that are going to happen as a result of what we've been through for the last 15 months or so I think that for the time being, I mean, people will have made great changes and you know, clients have seen some brilliant structures and you know installations that have gone up in outside areas. So I think they will look to utilise external areas, move, continuing moving forward. And also one adaptation which clients, some clients looked for and used was that of delivery um, and takeaway and sort of home dining clubs and it'll be interesting to see whether that continues and whether there's still literally the appetite for it once it once customers can go back into licensed premises so I do think there have been some great adaptations but whether or not when later this year all the restrictions are lifted whether actually what people want to do is go back inside or sit outside and walk in the warmer weather but I think that some of those changes which have been made can stay if it works for the business but when we're when the restrictions are lifted hopefully there will be a return to you know a former life which I think you know is what a lot of customers will be wanting. Do we think that this the industry from Mark from your point of view as an operator or or Steve as as a as a financier or, or Colin, from your point of view, how different do we think the industry will be in a couple of years' time from what it was two years ago? I, I, I can probably say I've been to ten venues since reopening on the twelfth of April. Great uh, and I've been so I've been so impressed with how Mark said earlier about adapting, how these places have adapted to to cope with what's been thrown at them. In fact, one place I was actually too warm. There were too many heat lamps. But I think I, I think I think in a couple of years' time, I think we'll look back and and I think. We could probably brought you back to where we were, but I think if anything good comes out of this in terms of adaptation for the consumer is a bit more table service. I think it's much easier to upsell if you're serving people at a table. Uh, I, I think, you know, to just developing some, some more permanent outdoor capability, I think will, will, will help. 
and it may, it may make the consumer more resilient to actually want to sit out a little bit longer if it's a bit of a heat lag. But I think that the sector's done fantastically well. I, I just think it's done so well to just be here still and, and thriving in the days and weeks and months to come, hopefully. Yeah, I agree, Steve. I think uh, I think you're right. I think um, I think the sector's well. So far, it's recovered well, and and I think the one the one thing that pubs have got really going for them is that we that, that there's just a place in consumers' hearts for pubs that is that is different to to restaurants or brands we see in the casual dining sector, and you know that the whole experience element of going to a pub is, is different. And actually, I think it's really really um, reinforced to customers just you know just how important pubs are. And uh, and and actually, that's if if there are some good things that to come out over the last year, that's that's probably one of them. I don't think anybody doubts how important you are in our lives, Mark. <laughs> Colin, do you think that your the, the market will will have changed? Do you think you know? I don't know what what people you know when people are looking to buy individual pubs or chains, they'll be looking for slightly different things, or the the or, or I don't know what it is. But do you think it'll or are we going to be in two years' time where we were two years ago? I think the market will sort of return to as it was before. I think there's probably going to be some more, certainly in the short term, in terms of what people are after. I think destination country pubs, um, anything coastal with the low, with obviously uh, another some uh, staycations. These are all going to be coming to the fore. But longer term, I think some of the difficulties we've seen in the city centres, especially those without outside spaces, um, late night venues. I think with the return to the city, people coming back to work, and I think fundamentally just young people wanting the buzz of the being back in the cities, that I think long term that we should be back to uh, as we were before. Yeah, We're definitely finding that, as, as Colin had, had touched upon, the sort of return. We had deals, clients that had... Um, fallen away just at the start of COVID and now we're receiving instructions our property team are for acquisitions for small groups isolated premises one-off and groups so I do think there is a a movement out there again and and a real appetite to get moving. Well, listen, thank you all very much for that. That, that leaves us with one, uh, one task uh, today, which is to come up with a Savile standout statistic. Now, we normally do this with Savile's people, but most of you aren't Savile's people. So I gotta sort of, I'll broaden it out and, uh, and ask you just to sort of, if there's something, little nugget of information or a thought or something that you think, um, uh, that you think sort of elucidates or, or shines a light on the sector at the moment, uh, that would be fantastic. So where should we... Where should we go first? We'll, we'll save Colin for last with a, with a proper Savile standout stat. Um, Lisa, how about uh, how about you go first? Uh, what, what, what's your little thought for us uh, uh, to end this podcast? I think my thought is just how important this sector is, how important the hospitality sector is to the economy, to us as consumers, and how important it is we get back moving. Not necessarily on a positive note, that I think something like 43% of the unemployment fell in our sector. So I think it just shows just how much support we need and how important it is that the sector gets back on its feet and up and running so that the country as a whole can um, start to move forward and get back to normal. Yeah, that is definitely a standout statistic, that 43% of the unemployment falling in, in the sector. Uh, Mark, why don't you go next? What's your, what's your, what's your thought for us? Well, my thought has, has come from the reopening of the last couple of weeks and uh, the fact that 65% of pubs uh, across the country are still closed. And, and I, 
I think that's key because I just I know we're all looking forward and and generally the feeling is more positive than it has been but we're not through it yet and there's a long way to go and I think the fact that most pubs particularly those that are city centre town centre urban pubs um, that don't have the luxury of of having outside areas uh, are still facing a real challenge ahead and it's it's really key that 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 we remind you know we remember that and and focus on the fact that we're all working towards the 21st of june when you know hopefully the country will get back to normal without any sort of restrictions so that pubs can get back to normal and uh, and and continue doing what they actually do best and that's serving their their local communities steve's been to uh, 10 venues since reopening so he's not waiting until the middle of june or, or, or late june for that steve have you had time in in that in amongst doing all your visits to to establishments to come up with an interesting or a, a, a stat for us or a thought for us i have it's a bit of a call to arms so uk pubs have lost 8.2 billion pounds in beer sales from the pandemic so i think it's incumbent upon all of us to make up that shortfall in the months and years to come do our bit. Amen to that. Uh, and finally, Colin, uh, what what's your Savile yeah. standout stat well, today? I'd very much like to uh, echo Steve's thoughts. And as we've seen, there is apparently £160 billion worth of excess savings accumulated over this last year. So let's just hope everybody remembers the British institution of the pub and they get down and uh, help the recovery. Yes, indeed. Uh, listen... Here. Here, here to that. Cheers to that. Thank you all so much uh, for your time and your wisdom today. If all that's got you thinking and you want to explore more, you'll find plenty to keep you occupied on the leisure trade and things like that on the research section of the Savills website, uh, savills.co.uk forward slash research. That's it for this episode of Real Estate Insights. Raise a glass to the pub trade. Thank you very much for listening and see you next time. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.